You are listening to the Sound the Warcry podcast, episode 32. From people of faith, hope, courage, and lots of knowledge, welcome to the Sound the Warcry podcast. We are your source for inspiration, motivation, and practical advice from faith-based leaders to help you mentally and physically prepare for the unforeseen days that lie ahead in our world. Please note that our viewpoints are merely for your entertainment and do not represent the LDS Church or any faith-based Christian religion. Welcome back to the Stay on the Warcry podcast, everybody. I am your host, Heather Mitchell, and I am here to talk to you today about common health issues. We're going to finish out this chapter on first aid. Okay. So last week we talked about some fractures, open wounds, that kind of icky stuff that has to be uh, dealt with and handled should there be an emergency where you need to come in contact with that. And this time we'll talk a little bit about more of some common health issues people have like asthma, allergic reactions, seizures, diabetes, etc. If your a family member has pre-existing medical conditions, you must pre-plan for these things if there is an emergency. All right, so in our book, we have a picture of the anatomy of an asthma attack. We can see the lungs, we can see the bronchial tubes, we can see uh, blood vessels, all kinds of things here. So if you want to go check that out, be sure to print off the book. I always try to leave a link in the show notes for you to do that. But here are some asthma signs and symptoms. Labored and rapid breathing, coughing, non-productive and tight, wheezing, shortness of breath, speaking in short phrases, anxiety and restlessness, blue tint to skin, different from COPD, CHF, pneumonia. Allergic reaction symptoms would be hives, rash, itchy skin, swollen face, eyes, throat, tongue, sneezing, difficulty breathing, coughing, flushed or pale skin, tightness in chest and throat, unconsciousness, different from sepsis, diabetes, stroke, seizure symptoms, muscle twitching, rigidity, violent rhythmic contractions, incontinence, trauma to tongue, altered mental status, different from stroke, diabetes, and fainting. And then we have a diagram here of type 2 diabetes. It talks about what's going on with the pancreas, the blood vessels, the glucose, all of that. Diabetic coma symptoms, hyperglycemia equals high sugar, dehydration, frequent thirst, and urination. Weak, rapid pulse, fatigue, nausea and vomiting, Abdominal pain, altered mental status, rapid, deep, sigh-like breathing. Insulin shock symptoms, hypoglycemia equals low sugar. Confused, irritable, aggressive. Pale, cool, moist skin. Full, rapid pulse. Rapid onset. Unconscious. Hungry. Weak seizures. What can you do to prepare? Know what you need, have extra medications, 
and supplies at home. Have a plan for emergency power if the power goes out, which I'm told that that is the first thing that's going to probably happen as grids will go down. That's when all chaos will break out as humankind here in the United States does not know how to live without power unless you are probably Amish or a Mennonite. Also, share your plan with others. They can't help if they don't know what your problems are or what to do. Let them know what kinds of medical problems you have, what kinds of problems you might have, what kinds of medications you have, and where they are stored, and what they can do for you. You are your own expert. It's your responsibility to train others to help you. And then it has a list of things right here you might want to keep on hand. Extra medications, tell a friend and neighbor medical notebook. What to include in your medical notebook? Keep it in an easy to find place. Show others where it is. Medical history, medical problems, symptoms, what to do if there is a problem. Current medications, dose and frequency of medication. Where the medications are located in the cabinet, the bathroom, the refrigerator, etc. Allergies to medications and information about doctors and family members, names, phone numbers, etc. Preparing for worst case scenarios, common corpse myths. Dead bodies cause epidemics. Okay, these are common corpse myths, okay? Dead bodies cause epidemics. Treating a body with lime or disinfectant is useful. You can catch something from a dead body. You should bury bodies quickly in mass graves. Okay, that those were myths, okay? Warning, this does not apply to deaths due to contagious disease such as Ebola. If a person died with contagious disease, remember, some disease can live on the body weeks after death. If the cause of death is unknown or disease was present when the person died, added additional additional precautions will be necessary. And that is bold and highlighted. Okay, moving along here, caring for the dead. You want to wear gloves when handling a dead body. Let family members have time to grieve and say goodbye. Take photos ASAP after death of head, whole dressed body, and identifying marks. Keep their personal effects with them. Use thick plastic sheeting, tarps, or fabric sheeting to wrap the body. Use string, duct tape, shoestrings, belt, etc. for securing the body. ID, tag, name, description of person, gender, hair color, skin color, etc. And where you found the body. Wrapping a body. Materials needed. A tarp or sheet, tape or string, and an ID tag. I hate that we have to talk about wrapping dead bodies, guys, but um, we got to talk about this. You never, ever know when you might have to do this. Number one is a picture of the dead body. So they have um, a picture here of a kid pretending to be dead, I guess. I hope that's the case anyway. Number two, you want to tie ankles together with string or tape. Uh, picture three says cross the arms over the chest, tie wrists together with string or tape. Number four, center body on tarp or sheet. Number five, attach ID tag to foot and put all personal effects with the body. 
Number six, picture six, fold tarp over the head and feet. Seven, fold one side of the tarp over the body. Eight, fold the other side of the tarp over the body. Well, it certainly looks like they're wrapping up this kid. Um, golly, guys, I don't know. Is this really a dead body picture here of a kid? They've shown pretty graphic pictures so far. I guess I wouldn't be surprised. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's see. Uh, picture nine, secure feet together at ankles. Number 10, secure at waist. Number 11, secure at neck. Number 12, secure another ID tag at the feet. Number 13, keep body cold or bury it. 14, if no, pick up for days. Okay, I see what it's saying. Number 14 is typically there would be maybe a pickup for bodies at this point. And if there was no pickup for days, you want to bury three to six feet deep and mark the grave. Have a service if family members are available. 15, wash hands thoroughly when finished. We will definitely wash our hands. I promise. Okay. What can you do to prepare? This might be talking about something different now. Okay. Get a first aid kit. Add to it when you can. Okay, so this is kind of like the first steps that we talked about way back when. Um, if you want to prepare with your first aid kit, get the first aid kit and add to it when you can. That's, that's basic, okay? Add specialty kits, burn, birthing, suturing, etc. if able. Personal medications. Have a 2 to 12 week supply of your daily medications. Wilderness first aid book for reference. Get Red Cross training if possible. Get CERT trained, Community Emergency Response Team. CERT training is offered free of charge and participants have no obligation or commitment to respond or act in the event of a disaster. Emergency preparedness, fire safety, emergency medical operations, triage course, simulation exercise, CERT org organization, disaster psychology, one victim, terrorism disaster, search and rescue operations, participate in local CERT and Red Cross drills. That is the first thing you can do to start preparing yourself in getting the skills that you need to help out when there is an emergency. Beyond first aid, in an emergency situation, there could be many injuries that will be difficult to treat. It is during times of trouble that we instinctively turn towards the Lord using prayer and priesthood blessings to bring comfort and healing. Don't forget to have oil as part of your first aid supplies. There may be other things for which you might want to prepare. If you feel moved to do so, you may want to learn more about helping during births or suturing, for example. Also, there will be many who are afraid or distressed. Be prepared to help them by being calm and caring. Be prepared to feel stress and anguish yourself as you serve. Talking to others about this can help. Yes, you need a life coach in your tribe to help you through any of the hard stuff that's going to be happening. I am such a person. Welcome to my tribe. You don't need to be a superhero. You just need to be prepared. Reminder, some of these emergency medical procedures are for survival situations only. Obtain professional medical treatment whenever possible. 
When ye are prepared, ye shall not fear. Be not troubled, for when all these things shall come to pass, ye may know that the promises which have been made unto you shall be fulfilled. Doctrine and Covenants 45, 35. I love that scripture. And now, my friends, we have come to the end of this chapter and this book for that matter. These are the last pages. It's the degrees in medical and first aid. If you want an associate's degree, here are the requirements you need. And everybody should have the associate's degree requirements. Here they are. You have an automobile first aid kit. And you keep it up to date by restocking at least once a year. You have a field wound repair kit with or without optional items. You have a pamphlet manual book and common medical issues and how to treat them stored in or near your first aid kit. You have stored a three-month supply of the -the over-the-counter medications you like and use most frequently in your home, even if all you use is Tylenol, and if possible, an extra supply of any prescription medication that you take. You have some consecrated oil in your possession. Okay, now let's move on to the bachelor's degree. About 60% of the population will be at this level. Don't stock above this level if you don't have the training and skills to match. Using the Scout Handbook as a reference, you are able to fulfill the requirements of the First Aid Merit Badge. Scouts is over now, um, as far as the church is concerned. So, But there is a website, meritbadge.org, you can check out for that. But you also have read the document First Aid for Emergencies included in this chapter. You have an automobile first aid kit. You, It's up to date. You've got the basic first aid kit. You've got the field re- re- wound repair kit. You have a manual book or two of common medical issues and how to treat them stored in or near your first aid kit. You've got stored a six-month supply of over-the-counter medications. And you have consecrated oil. Okay. If you want the master's degree... Here's what you're going to do. And 20 to 30% will be comfortable here. Store supplies to match your training. Again, using the, the Scout Handbook as a reference, you are able to fulfill the requirements of the First Aid Merit Badge. But again, we're not scout, Scouts anymore, so don't worry about that. You have read the document First Aid for Emergencies and Emergency Childbirth included in this manual, and you understand them. You have an automobile first aid kit that we talked about. Um, All items in the basic suture tray, you've got, you keep them up to date by restocking them. You've got the basic medical kit and a procedure kit. These include items from other kits. You don't have to buy double unless you want to, just fill the holes. You have three or four useful medical books stored in or near your first aid kit, and you have read at least one of them. You have stored a 12-month supply of the -the over-the-counter medications you like and use most frequently in your home. You have consecrated oil on your person wherever you go. So a lot of them sound the same. You're just going deeper with those things. But if you'd like a doctorate, a PhD requirement, only those with advanced medical training will stock to this level. You have taken an EMT training course or you have more advanced medical training. You have an automobile first aid kit, a basic first aid kit, a field wound repair kit with optional items, and the items in the basic suture tray. See the list in the first aid chapter or go back and listen to the podcast as we've already talked about this. 
and you keep them up to date by restocking at least once a year. If your medical training is basic EMT training, then you have a basic medical kit and a procedures kit. If your medical training is more advanced, then you have the kits that match your training. Example, advanced medical kit and major procedures kit. You have stocked additional items commonly, commonly used in your professional setting or during your educational medical training. You have many useful medical books stored in or near your first aid kit. You have stored a 12-month supply of the medications you use most frequently in your home and at work, if you are a medical professional. You have consecrated oil on your person wherever you go. And there you have it. Actually, folks, we aren't quite done with this book yet. We've got one more chapter here. It's on organization. This will take us about two more weeks, and then we're done with the book. Okay, so stick with me through the whole organization chapter. I, mean, I might do it in one week, I don't know. And then we are going to move on to some really great interviews. I've already got some stuff in mind for that. So hang tight, folks. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for sharing it with a friend. Thank you for supporting the show just by being a great listener of the show. And look forward to doing more of these podcast episodes for you as we plan to prepare for a grid outage or possible other attacks, cyber attacks, which would mean a power outage, of course. Um, and we want to be prepared, folks, for anything that could come up. It might be very wise for you to get your solar panels on your house just to, to power several things should the power go out. Um, and we will get a, an expert on the show talking about that. I already have someone in mind for that coming up. Thanks so much. Have a beautiful rest of your day. I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast episode. I really appreciate it when you rate and review the show, share it with a friend or a neighbor, someone whom this could help. And if you happen to know any emergency preparedness specialists, any people out there who are interesting or have something to say about the last days, some knowledge about uh, what's going on, I want to interview them. I want to talk to them. So you can email me and I believe the email address is in the notes of this podcast, the show notes. So just scroll down and you should see that in the notes on this podcast on whichever app you're listening to this on. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.